when I was in college, and my roommate was listening to a talk show of some kind, and in the middle of it, he turns to me and says, this person has been talking for probably two minutes straight, and I don't think she's said anything the entire time. And it was from this comment that we began this discussion of, it's not really about who talks the longest, it's about who says the most. And I think you all understand what I mean when I say that. Because people can talk for a very long time and say very little, and someone can say something very powerful with just a few words. And it's that principle that I want to talk about today. That when we talk, that we aren't just going on and on and kind of rambling, but making sure that there is substance behind the things that we are saying. So to look at this principle, I want us to go to Matthew chapter 15, and we're going to read through the first 20 verses here. And it's in this passage where we see Jesus pointing out that the instructions that the Pharisees are giving to the people have no substance behind it. And Jesus kind of calls them out on it. So Matthew 15, beginning at verse 1, it says, Some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, Every plant that my father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, Explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. So in this passage, you have the Pharisees bringing this accusation against Jesus' disciples about how they don't wash their hands before they eat, and how that's breaking this tradition that has been set up in order to help people live a righteous lifestyle in order to help them better follow God. And Jesus kind of turns this around on them and says, 
why have you taken this tradition and all of these traditions you've set in place that are meant to help people follow God, and you have elevated that tradition to a place where it supersedes the commands of God? Because God said, honor your father and mother, and you're saying that if somebody has something, but it's been devoted to God, that they can't honor their father or mother with it, right? You have to give it to the temple instead, rather than giving it to your parents, which, of course, the Pharisees worked in the temple. So they were essentially saying, you need to give that to us rather than your own parents. And in doing so, the Pharisees are superseding the command of God and encouraging people to instead follow these traditions that they have set into place. And so the Pharisees really missed the whole point here. And that's what Jesus is telling them. You've missed the whole point. You've become so caught up in the semantics of tradition and righteousness that you've completely missed the heart of God. Right? It's like people who follow the letter of the law rather than the spirit of the law. And they become so caught up in these little bits of wording that they're able to twist that thing into something that it was never meant to be. And that's what the Pharisees do here by dancing around the issues and nitpicking all of these little things that they completely miss the heart of what God wanted his people to do. And that's what Jesus then speaks to is the heart of that issue. He brings it back to the intent of the law and commands that God gave. And that's the first key that we see when it comes to having substantive speech, is that it always addresses the heart of the issue. It doesn't just dance around the outskirts of the topic. It always refocuses back to the why, why is this important? What was originally trying to be accomplished? And how can we make sure that that purpose is still being accomplished? And we want to have that attitude towards every situation that we come across in our world and every issue that we face, making sure that we're not just dancing around the issue, but that we're actually getting to the heart of what is going on so that we can address that issue that is leading to all of these other issues. So for instance, let's talk about the issue of a rise in criminal behavior. And people look at this rise in criminal behavior, and they'll address different aspects of that in an attempt to try to solve that issue. And they'll say, well, you know, maybe we need better security at places so that crime can't happen in those places. Or maybe these people are engaging in this criminal behavior because they're poor or they don't have access to good education or good therapy for their mental health. And, and all of these different solutions that people provide without first discussing what the heart of the issue is. And when we look at that, then we know where to begin and where to best focus our efforts to have the best effect. So when we're talking about criminal behavior and what the through line is between all of these people that engage in criminal behavior, when we look at that, we see that the most common factor that leads to someone engaging in criminal behavior is that they grow up 
with a lack of a father in the home. And you can look across all demographics, and that is the most consistent through line that leads to that kind of behavior. And so we can address those other issues as well, but we need to understand that that's not the primary cause. And to talk about all of those other issues without addressing that primary cause does a great disservice to trying to address the issue at all, because we cannot properly address an issue from the foundation of a lie. And we need to understand the heart of an issue, the why behind the whole thing, so that every solution we try to implement will actually be effective, rather than just being a nice thing while the issue continues on. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He's taking them back to the heart of the issue, which isn't about whether or not we're following these traditions, but rather, are we living a life that aligns with the will and commands of God? And that's what we need to be doing, and that's what Jesus brings them back to. But the Pharisees didn't like that very much, so much so that Jesus' disciples came up to him afterwards and asked him, you know that offended them, right? Like, the Pharisees were really offended by what you just said. And when they tell Jesus this, Jesus does not respond by going, Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to offend them. Oh, I better go back and apologize to them. That's not what Jesus does. In fact, Jesus doubles down by calling them blind guides leading people into pits, which shows us that Jesus was perfectly okay with offending the Pharisees. He had no problem with that because he knew that in order for him to preach the message that he came to preach, that the Pharisees were going to be offended by it. Jesus was okay with offending people, and we need to be okay with that too. Because substantive speech will often offend people. In fact, I would say that more often than not, it will offend people. And let's talk about what I mean when I say offending someone. You see, offense happens when there is an angry disagreement. Now, somebody getting angry, that's something outside of our control. We don't decide whether or not people are going to be angry. It's a choice that we make, right? Just like how we have a choice on whether or not we're going to be angry about something and act in that anger, other people have their choice on whether or not they're going to be angry about it. But we do decide whether or not we're going to say things that some people may disagree with. And that we need to be willing to do. And people can disagree with us without choosing to be angry at us. Somebody can say to me that the sky is red, and I would disagree with that, but I wouldn't get angry about them saying that. But if somebody comes up to me and tells me I'm short, which is true, I've got a choice then. Am I going to be angry that they've called me short? Or am I not going to be angry about that? I can choose to disagree with them, even though it's true, I am short, I'm not a tall guy. So someone can say something to me that is true, but if I disagree with it and I become angry about it, then I've taken offense to it, I've been offended. But that doesn't change the fact that it was my choice to become angry about it, and also that what that person said is true, even if I disagree with it. 
And see, if we go through our whole life and no one ever disagrees with anything that we say, then we're probably not saying very much at all. Especially with how easy it is for people to be offended nowadays and how many different viewpoints there are just in any room that we find ourselves in. People have different beliefs, people have different opinions, and if nobody ever disagrees with anything that we say, then the things we're saying doesn't really have any substance at all. And Jesus knew that the message that he was bringing had a lot of substance and a lot of things that a lot of people would disagree with, but it still needed to be spoken. Because that truth, when they would accept it, would bring them life. Now, we are called to follow Jesus' example and to share the truth of who God is to all people and to bring that level of substance to the things that we say. And when we do that, we have to understand that some people will get offended by it, and that's okay, because people got offended of the things that Jesus said either. But in order for us to, to make an impact in our world, we can't shy away from those things. right? If the world was a great big lake, and you threw a tiny pebble into that lake, that's not going to create much of a ripple. You can throw a few pebbles in, not a lot of a ripple. But if you throw in a great big boulder, that's going to create more than just a few ripples. That's going to create a big splash with some big waves. And that's the way that Jesus was. Jesus, in his message, didn't just create ripples. Jesus made waves everywhere he went because he brought a message that impacted people rather than snuck under the surface. And in the same way, if we want to impact people's lives with the truth that is found in God, the only way we can do that is if we're not afraid of offending people. We really cannot present truth without a risk of offending someone. Jesus offended the Pharisees, and he was okay with that because he was changing people's lives. And those changed lives were so much more important than following those man-made traditions. Because those changed lives would last. And we see at the end of this discussion, Jesus making that distinction between things that are temporary and things that will last. That's where he goes into this discussion about when we eat something, that thing doesn't stay in our body very long, right? It just passes right on through, and then it's gone. It's not a part of us anymore. But what is in our heart is something that we live with. And it's from there that everything will come out of. And, and that's kind of how I started this series, was talking about how everything that we speak comes out of our heart. And that's why it's so important to make sure that we're addressing our heart rather than just the things that we do, right? Rather than just one-time actions, if we affect our heart, that will have a much longer lasting effect on our life. And it's that long lasting effect that Jesus is trying to address. He doesn't just want to deal in things that are temporary. He wants to deal with things that are eternal. Now, when our speech lacks substance, 
we'll find that we are talking about things that are only temporary. But speech that has substance can be applied to any context that it's put in. And because of that, it has a much more eternal quality to it, rather than this temporary quality. And so we see that true substantive speech endures over time. It has long-lasting effect, and it has far-reaching effect. Think about some of the speeches that have been given over the years. The ones that have lasted, the ones that have endured. You may think of things like Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech, or Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. These are speeches that had a lot of substance to them, and they were very divisive when they came out. People had very different opinions on how they reacted to those speeches. Some people loved it and rallied behind them, and other people hated it. They wished that the things would have been said differently, right? They complained about it. But what makes speeches like that so powerful is that it's not just addressing a particular situation, it's addressing a principle that we are supposed to live by. It's not just looking at the situation, it's looking at the whole picture. And that's what we need to stay aware of when we speak. That we're not just thinking about right here, now, in this moment with the people around me, and saying whatever I need to say in order to make the smallest waves, right? In order to just kind of sneak under the surface or get people to agree with me and nod their heads and move on. But are we saying things that don't just apply to whatever context we're in, but they can be taken and put into any context and still ring true? That's how we need to speak. And it doesn't mean that everybody will like what we say or agree with it or that they won't get offended by it because people will still do that. But is it true? Is there substance there that will make an impact in people's lives, not just in that moment, but for anyone who hears it? That's the kind of speech that Jesus had in his ministry, where over 2,000 years later, we can look at the things that he taught, and it still applies to our lives, and it's still things that we need to work on being better at. That is speech that is lasting. That is speech that endures, because it's addressing the whole picture and the heart of the issue regardless of whether or not it offends people. And if we want our speech to be like that, then we need to learn how to speak in a way where we're not just throwing out our own thoughts and opinions, and we're not just putting it into this very limited context in order to please the people around us, but rather we are allowing the truth of God to be spoken through us. And that doesn't happen by us just kind of guessing what is good and right, or just pushing people to do the things that are most beneficial for us, but rather in understanding who God is and what his word teaches so that we can take that message that really is not our own message 
It's God's message that is eternal. It does last the test of time and allow his message to be spoken through us. And so I want to leave us with this question of how is God wanting to speak his truth through you? And of course, his truth is the truth. But I say his truth because I want to show that there is this distinction between what we believe to be true and what God knows to be true. And those things can sometimes not align, as we see with the Pharisees here. And we are not so great, we're not so perfect, that we can't be misled or misunderstand things, and can end up sharing something that we wholeheartedly believe is true, when in actuality, it's not. And we avoid that by rather than just speaking from what we think and what we believe, and letting that be at the forefront of what we talk about, that instead we study God's word and see what the actual truth is that God teaches us so that we can present God to others and God's truth rather than our own misconception of what is true. Because only God's truth is the truth. And so how does God want to speak that truth through you? It doesn't mean you have to start your own podcast or, or that you have to get up in front of a pulpit at a church and speak to hundreds of people. It doesn't even mean that you have to be good at speaking. Perhaps it's through writing. Perhaps it's through any other number of gifts that God gives you, like writing songs or painting pictures. But you use what God has given you to communicate with and the gifts that he's given you in communicating in the way that you communicate best, but using that not just to convey your own messages, but to let God use that gift that he's given you in order to speak through you and present his truth to the world. And when we do that, then our speech will have everlasting substance that will endure by getting to the heart of the issue, regardless of whether or not it offends people. But that's today's Sermon in the Pocket. As always, if you have any comments or questions for me, I would love to hear from you, and you can reach out to me either through the Sermon in the Pocket Facebook page, or you can also email me directly at sermoninthepocket at gmail.com. And I encourage you, wherever you're listening to this, to like it, rate it, share it, whatever options you have to help get this message out into the world. And that's a way that you can help me get the truth of God out is just by sharing what he's given me to share. But until next time, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And it's my prayer that God will bless you as you go throughout your day. Music